Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by a question. Did the 49ers win free agency? We're going to talk about it. I want to hear what you guys think as well. But before we get started, Ray, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Goldcast underscore. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of The Goldcast. You can also find us on Instagram. Yeah. So first of all, I want to say just all the feedback the feedback we got after the 100th episode of the Goldcast was awesome. Shout outs to John Niner 8. Shout outs. Oh, man. Our home, Andy Laird. Shout outs to Andy Laird. That was awesome. Uh, loved everything he said all the way from Plymouth, UK. Awesome. And just really appreciate the fact that you are a 49er fan from that far out. That's amazing. And just shout outs to everybody for all the support and all the positive feedback we got after the 100th episode. It was really inspiring and we really appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't even realize it when that that we had fans out there that far. Not only fans of the show, but fans of the Niners. Hell yeah. That was dope. That was super dope. So thank you to everybody. And so this week's episode, uh, we're going to ask, did the Niners win free agency? And then we're going to talk about the Warriors because is it panic time? Uh, we're going to talk Ouch. about it. And finally, yeah, Giants. Oh, giants, Giants, Giants. Uh, but first, Goldcast intro. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! We're back. Episode 101. Here we go. We are flipping the video soon. We promise. I know we keep saying it's going to happen, but I promise it's actually going to happen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got a green screen ready know, to go. We're there. We're so close. So, Raymond, if you look across the national sports world, there are a lot of people, a lot of journalists, a lot of analysts that are saying unanimously that they believed the 49ers won free agency. And so I pose that question now to you, and I pose it to the Goldcast Nation. Did the 49ers win the free agency? Ray, let's start with you. Tell me what you think. Well, I think the main reason why they think that, I think, is for the obvious. And that's dating all the way back, which technically still counts as free agency, the Jimmy Garoppolo signing. Because you have a player who played as well as he did, that came from a winning franchise, got on a five-game win streak, took over a team, only had a month to learn an offensive system and took a team of young rookies, second year guys, third year guys, and then like less than a handful of veterans and just try to do his best in, you know, what was essentially a sinking ship up to that point. CJ Beathard had just won one game. We were one and nine, one and 10, and then went to finish five and oh. So I think that, Locking a player up like that that was able to turn around a season that seemed dead in the water, you know, and now seems like it seemed like he has extremely high potential based on what he was able to do on the field and even the stuff he did off the field. 
and coming from where he came from, just like kind of exemplifying everything that he's learned over in the New England system and bringing that over here to San Francisco, which already has, you know, a winning persona, a a historic winning persona, you know, bringing some of that flair, that energy back and then getting signed to a huge deal is part of the main reason, if not the only reason why the Niners one free agency. I mean, yes, Weston, Weston Richburg was a great signing and all that, but I think a lot of it stems from the quarterback because no other team that needed a quarterback was able to really solidify that position. Kirk Cousins went to Minnesota. We have to kind of wait and see because Kirk Cousins is older. He's been to the Pro Bowl several times, which is great, but we don't, but it's the consensus is that he's kind of already hit the highest bar he'll hit. We'll have to see what he does with a better cast around him, although the offensive line's got issues over there. So curious to see how he's going to be able to manage under that. He will still have a good defense, so that'll be a first for him. So we'll have to see how that goes. But I'm going to have to give it to the Niners, not only because I'm biased, but because they sealed up a position that, you know, showed enough potential to earn that kind of contract. And when you have that big of a signing, even though you can point to LA getting those two big top corner, the two best corners in the NFL, I don't think that outweighs a quarterback. I think that goes into a strong second because cornerback is the second hardest position to play, but quarterback is still the hardest position to play. So finding that player that can potentially do that and turn you around, I think that takes a cake for me. So you're saying that you fill the 49ers won the free agency period literally just based on the Garoppolo trade like that alone yeah I mean the Garoppolo it's like 80 percent that of alone 80 percent of it yeah the other signings help like they they help like uh-huh. push us over if if there was a like a finish line to cross I would say they help kind of get us across that finish line but I think the lead was established you know rather adamantly you know when the Niners didn't waste any time signing him Wow. Okay. I I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you easily. You know, I have not seen a quarterback under center play the way he does in many, many years. And I agree. I thought he was worth every penny. The thing that I thought the Niners did really well, and the thing that I was most concerned about, what I have been preaching, you know, adamantly on this podcast and anyone that will listen to me on the streets, we needed to Put an offensive line around him, a particular center and guards. Like those are the two places that we really needed to address. And we addressed center. And that is what really gave me hope. That's what made me really excited. When you have a quarterback like this, the first thing you have to do is protect him. I know there was a lot of people that wanted a star running back or a star wide receiver. Great. But the game is won at the line. And whoever controls the center controls the game. And I thought the first thing we needed to address was offensive line. When you have a quarterback like that and you give them that much money, you have to protect them at all costs. And that, that's where we started. And I'm really happy about that. Um, you know, let's look at some of the other big teams. Let's say, for instance, Cleveland. I know Cleveland signed everybody in the world. I don't care. This team went 0-16 last year. I don't believe necessarily that they have the coaches in place to make this happen. I'm shocked that so many players w- were willing to go there. Obviously, I mean, they threw a lot of money around. Um, the team that I'm the most concerned about is obviously the team just down down south, which is the Los Angeles Rams. You know, they're literally, 
I thought Marcus Peters and uh, Akib Talib were huge shi- signings, and I thought they were also huge because Wade Phillips is obviously a very good defensive coordinator, and now he has some huge weapons to add to that team. And I really believe the future rivalry in the NFC West is now clearly in California between San Francisco and LA. It was San Francisco and Seattle at the beginning of this decade, and now it's going to end between San Francisco and LA. And I think that the weapons there put them up. I I do believe, you know, we talked about this before. I thought that their success last year was a little inflated, and I thought that was really proven in the postseason. Uh, this year is going to be a huge test for them. Uh, I, I don't really know what to, I don't expect them to regress to the point where they're going to be like last in the NFC West. I still believe they'll probably be first, but I have to admit their free agency acquisitions and the coaches in place to work with those players made me feel like they may have the leg up on us in free agency just because they're ahead of the game. You know, they're a little bit, they're, they're about one year ahead of us and, they didn't, you know, they, they didn't have to address the big issues that we did. And I thought we did a great job, but I thought they did too. And they were already strong. They already are a playoff bound team. And now the strong just got stronger. And so that's what made me kind of, that was like, you know, made me pause a little bit and go, well, I'm not sure if the Niners won free agency. I don't know. Those LA Rams look pretty good down there. And I hate the LA Rams. Let's just get that clear. <laughs> but that's my take. What do you think when I say that? I think that's a fair perspective. I'm not necessarily convinced that I, I I get it, but I mean, part of it is because they were one and done in the playoffs. So clearly they weren't prepared to do that. They weren't prepared to sustain a long, deep run into the playoffs. And the other part of it too, is their primary rival because the Seahawks are now, you know, a methodically sinking ship. Whereas the Cardinals, you know, never really floated for very long to be, even be, you know, a legitimate, you know, galleon out there, so to speak. But the uh, in, in the Niners case, you, you got a pass catcher who is capable of carving you up. I mean, he carved up the number one defense uh, the in that same season. You know, granted, uh, the Jags weren't playing for much at the same time, neither were us. So we kind of had that, you know, we have nothing to lose mentality versus we, you know, this doesn't matter because we're already locked into the playoffs attitude. So, you know, that's obviously a different psychological mindset versus if the Niners were vying for a position and the Jaguars were trying to also do the same thing or try to maintain a position or try to get higher in the seating, which is what they were still playing for seating, actually. Um, I think, or, well, I think that had been locked at that point. But the point is, I think, you know, when you see what Jimmy G can do to prolific defenses with rookies and guys, you know, who were who had lost 10 games straight up to that point, then I think uh, I think it's easy to, uh, you know, note to, to consider the fact that not only was Los Angeles trying to solidify their defense to make them a better playoff team against, you know, the top passing offenses in the tournament, but also to keep pace with, you know, a rising rival over in the our 49ers because Jimmy G can throw them better than anybody, you know, as good as anybody. He was a top five, top 10 quarterback statistically in most categories. So, and that was with only a month to learn a, a very complicated system with players he had never played with before. So that, uh, I think that's, that's part of it too. 
I don't think it was solely just for Jimmy G. I know some people like to joke around like that, but uh, you know, it was it was because they they didn't really put up a good fight in the playoffs. I think everyone was excited. Yeah, that's a Rams fan, but one and done. It was you know, they they caught the league off guard, but they weren't able to sustain that in the playoffs. And I think that's what they're that's where those moves came from. But at the same time, they lost Robert Quinn. Yes, he was declining, but you lose you know a what was a pivotal piece on the defensive line. And you also gave up uh, Ogletree, also in in decline in terms of productivity too, but you give up pieces in the middle, and I don't necessarily think you're gonna, you know, you're not gonna replace someone like Robert Quinn off the bat, you know, with someone brand new that's gonna just get get the production that Robert Quinn had done in his prime um, to that same level off the bat. Same thing with Ogletree. Whoever replaces him is not gonna be able to do what he was doing for that team. You know when when they kept him around when they wanted to keep him around, so you lose positions at the first and second level. So I expect the Rams to struggle against the run coming in the coming season, and that might you know the two corners might not be you know that's that's one part of the piece. So we'll have to see how well they draft. You know they're probably going to need defensive line. They got draft picks out of it, so that was part of it because they don't have a whole lot of money to spend. So they have to depend on trades in order to get picks and stay in the race. Those are all great points. You're 100% right. And I hope you're so right that we see a bigger regression out of LA. But yeah, LA is definitely the team that made me really nervous and made me kind of, you know, pause a little bit and go, man, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not, I wasn't necessarily ready to give us the crown, but I am extremely, having said that, I'm extremely happy with everything the 49ers have done. And I think this has been, fantastic and you know john lynch has a wonderful team around him and they're really looking at everything and that's that's what counts and that's what's most important and they're you know all the the needs that i keep feeling that we need to address and that i keep hearing from Goldcast nation need to be addressed are being addressed so that's you know we, we you and i used to say this all the time like if we see it you know uh the coaching staff sees it so if you know if we see it shanahan and lynch for sure see the problems too definitely it's not like we see it and they don't you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That in fact they see it better than we do. Even though sometimes we or well not we, but a lot of fans like to think that they see it better than the staff does. Yeah, no, no, one hundred percent. So let's move on. Speaking of uh panic time, <laughs> um Warriors. Man, so banged up. Curry comes back, sprains his MCL, Warriors lose another two clearly they're not going to get first and you know we talked about this last week and i feel like it's just been man it's there's just a microscope on it i i just my, my confidence is down in the tubes this team is so banged up i mean what do you expect we're, we're looking at a, a fourth year it's hard to go four in a row that's tough and you know this team got, got caught caught with the injury bug in their second championship run they were healthy for the third year, and now the fourth the fourth run, they're getting hit with it again. I mean, is it time to panic? I'll tell you what. For me, it's time to panic. Ray, what about you? I think there's definitely room for concern at this point. Remember, the only thing, the Warriors are so good that the only thing that can stop the Warriors is injury, you know, meaning the Warriors can't, you know, can beat themselves you know, through injury. That's the only thing that can stop the Warriors. So any team that's vying for, that's vying to be into the 
tournament or to make a run in the tournament, you know, I'd probably say the Rockets are the most hungry out of all those teams, you know, is probably thankful that something like this, not necessarily thankful that they're injured, but thankful that, you know, they've got some kind of advantage just because the Warriors are so dominant that this is kind of one of the best things that can happen is, that you, you know, just like in football, the best way to beat Tom Brady is to keep him on the sidelines. You know, the best way to beat the Warriors is to keep them off the court. Same concept. So uh, it's unfortunate, but and Curry's now going to miss the first round completely. So at least, you know, I, I'm happy that Durant at least will be there because he is the type of player that is so dominant that can totally take over a game. So they're not really going to lose a whole big step, especially in the first round. I expect him to get past the first round. So, you know, and Durant will be back. Thompson will be back. Durant, Draymond will be back. And then all the supporting cast will be back. So I think you're going to have to put Cook in there. You know, you're going to have to have Patrick McCaw in there because now Curry's out. And so you need you need your point guards in there. One of them will play. One of them will not play because you probably want Sean Livingston in there. He's the primary backup in the second unit. But, I mean, Patrick McCaw is also is part of that future. Same with Cook. So I'm not sure if you go with Cook or McCaw. You know, it's that's a tough call. I'm curious to see how they're going to pan that out. But as it stands right now, Warriors are stumbling into the playoffs. And this is – it's not good. I don't think it's time to panic, but it is time to be concerned. If it prolongs and gets – you know, continues, then then I would definitely say, you know, their chances of getting knocked out are much higher now. You know, I would not trust, you know, the second unit to take them in there that deeply, you know, if all the starters are hurt as bad as they are. Well, definitely see, not that's good. the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not good, and Houston is just rolling and rolling and rolling, and they're gaining confidence, and they're gaining steam, and that the bench is is super powerful the way our bench was the last couple of years. Our bench statistically has been lagging this year. I mean, that's well documented, and for me, and I said this last week, it's time to panic. I, I'm not very confident. The injuries have mounted, and they're increasing. You know, maybe they come together and they pull it off. But, you know, we've seen this whole thing like when they believe teams are going to flip the switch, flip the switch. You know, this was like the Miami Heat there last year. They're going to flip the switch. They're going to flip the switch. We've been waiting all year for the Cavs to flip the switch, flip the switch. And I feel like when we get into this mode that we start believing that these teams are going to flip the switch, quote unquote, man, that's a dangerous game. And and I feel like in my experience watching basketball, it rarely works out. And I think the injuries have just put us in a position where I just don't believe we will be ready and we'll have enough. Now, again, of course, anything can happen. I'm rooting for the Warriors all the way. I'm not saying that it, you know it's over and that's it. No, 100%. I'm going to be there for every single game rooting and wanting this team to win. But am I confident? No. Do I think that the Houston Rockets have kind of turned into a juggernaut this year and that the 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 success and the the rhythm and everything they're building right now is going to make them this that much more powerful come the Western Conference Finals if that's where we meet yes you know they have home field advantage that's going to be tough yes all of these things mount up is curry going to be 100% is going to be hurt i mean he was he was hurting in that second that second run he was hurting he was not fully himself that first game back he killed and then he was kind of you know shades of himself he was in and out for the rest of the playoff run and that could happen again here, man. That really can. You know, the one the one good thing that could possibly come out of this situation, you know, and I'm no, I don't want to look too far ahead because we haven't even started the playoffs yet. Is that if anything, if this doesn't go the way they want it to go, that is probably going to be the motivation for them to come back and, you know, and get that third. But as a fan, I'll say this as a fan, 
you know, it is not a dynasty till we get that third. And it's like, we have to get that third. And of course, that's like all I'm thinking about is getting that third to solidify the dynasty. And that's like the selfish fan in me. And I'm sure there's plenty of Goldcast Nation people that feel the same way. Like you just want that third ring because the third ring solidifies it. Two is not enough. You need three to get the dynasty. And of course, I just want to get it now and get it over with. But right now, it's it's looking bleak, man. Houston's looking like the team of destiny. The Warriors, as you you worded it best they are stumbling into the playoffs and i am super nervous and i know there's plenty of people in the gold cast nation that feel the same way <sighs> all right that's my diatribe <laughs> yeah and they're not the only team stumbling either the giants are stumbling into the regular season oh man so let's talk about that for a second and then we're gonna run G- giants you know the problem with the giants you know they they have this very and it's great it's great but it but it's to a fault they're so devoted to their players to a fault they just hold on a little too long and i think the problem with the giants right now is the giants are trying to reboot and not rebuild and we and they're going to keep doing this until it completely completely tanks and they're forced to rebuild but i don't think i don't think that they they just don't have the they don't have the star power to attract big free agents. We've tried and tried and tried, and we keep striking out. And, you know, we're kind of getting players that are on the back end of their careers. And I just feel like the Giants, you know, really what they need to do is make some big, drastic, you know, rebuild moves. And they haven't done that for the last three years. They keep trying to reboot it, and it's just not working. And I feel like inevitably what's going to happen is we're just going to keep doing this till it completely blows up in our face and i think it's going to be this year or next year and it's just going to completely blow up and then everyone's they're going to want to blow it up and then they're going to then they're going to have to do it but this they're trying to do this reboot without rebuilding thing and i just don't think it's working what do you think i think that's part of it and you know but uh, bumgarner's still in his prime you know although we've probably seen the apex of what he did in the world series, but he's still a number one pitcher. And this is just unfortunate timing. I mean, Samarja, Samarja is like serviceable, but when you lose your number one and number three pitcher and you don't have a whole lot of pitchers, you did, they didn't pick up a whole lot. I think they picked up one starting pitcher in the off season. The, the thing that kind of frustrated me with the giants overall is that in the off season, they focused a lot on offense and the biggest issue I saw, part of it was offense, but it was a combination of offense, and they didn't have any good back-end pitching. They had decent starting pitching, but their bullpen would just give up a bunch of games. You know, there was a terrible bullpen leading all the way back to, the, to two years prior. You know, that, and they got rid of some of those guys, but then they kept some of those guys. So, I mean, some of them are not on the team this year, like Derek Law didn't make the team. You know, and offensively, Mac Williamson didn't make the roster, so they were released. Those are two guys I actually kind of liked because they were younger but they didn't necessarily weren't necessarily didn't explode off the paper, but you know they contributed whenever they got the opportunity to. Although Derek Law had some pretty bad outings uh, last year and year before as well. So, but it's um, they're focusing on the wrong things. You know, they like hey we have good good starting pitching, which yes on paper it's a great rotation, it, it looks great, but they didn't do much last year. You know, and they dealt with untimely injuries, and now they've got untimely injuries again. So and they're and they got the big signing of the closer. He was, you know, for the better, you know, he was he had injuries last year as well. And just didn't work out. So we'll have to see how that pans out this year. But uh, they're just 
they're stumbling into that. So I don't know. It's 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 frustrating as a Giants fan. So it's just not looking forward to this season just because I don't think don't think don't think Giants fans should really expect much out of the Giants this year. I just think we're you know again this is a sinking ship. We had our three our three in in the five, which is great, which means the dynasty is solidified. But if anyone expects another championship, I think it's a pipe dream. And I hate saying that. Oof, oof, man. Sizzling, but I agree. Accurate, hot take. The, the Here's the thing about those three championships. And I, see, here's what they're trying to do. So they're looking at the Dodgers. They're looking at the uh, Astros. And they're saying, all right, you know, batting. You know, obviously the way people, the way uh, batters are approaching, the art of batting has completely changed. And it's feast or famine, but it's working, and there's you know more home runs than ever, and that's awesome. And the Giants, I think, are in their own way trying to somehow adapt to that. But here's the thing. The Giants won all three of those World Series, as you said. I'm just kind of yes-anding you. They, they won those on the backs of their pitchers, and none of them were sexy. You know, you know we, we, had, we, we had Panda coming in with the runs you know i mean he he definitely came in in the clutch and we had some clutch moments some clutch hitting but these championships were won on the pitching and pitching and defense still wins championships in the mlb and i agree with you they're addressing the wrong needs they're forgetting what got them there because the league has changed so much but at the same time the core is the pitching and if you get the pitching down you have a chance but if you don't you can forget about it you, you know you're you're just like i don't know you're like an american league team hitting a million home runs but who cares you're like the angels you know what i mean who cares he has trout their pitching sucks who cares so that's you know that's that's my take on that it's a good take at that because it's true i think i like some of the players they got i like andrew mccutcheon you know i like i like the they got good bats. They just didn't get good arms, you know. So you, you're halfway there. I hope I hope there's guys in the farm, you know, that are ready to come up because the guys are going to get called up. They like they do every year, but they, they might get some early calls, and that's when you that's when you shine and try to make it through. So the Giants have historically, you know, the, throughout this run, have had a really good farm system, which has led to, you know, been a huge contributor to the dynasty. So we'll have to see if they can still produce some top players out of there. We'll see. We're both not confident. I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> no. August and September cannot come soon enough. Straight up. So we can just focus back on the 49ers. <laughs> and hopefully that's good, and I think it will be. I think it'll be a strong run. I think we all believe that. Um, Raymond, before we leave, why don't you let them know? Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter.com at RaySolis. You can also follow me on Instagram at RaySolis1. And if you do follow me on either of those platforms, let me know where you're coming from. So if I know, like, you know, because I use them for different purposes, mo- mostly other purposes outside of Goldcast, but some of that too. But uh, let me know if you're from the Gold Can Nation so I know. Boom. There you go. You can find me on Twitter at Rudy Solis 3RD, Rudy Solis 3rd, and Instagram at Rudy Solis 3. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast. Cast.